Welcome to our sermon podcast here at City of Light Anglican Church. We are a new church in Aurora, Illinois, finding a new day in Jesus. We want to see the light of Jesus rise and shine in our hearts, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Good morning, City of Light. Uh, Like many of you, I have been really encouraged by how unexpectedly relevant this study in the book of Jeremiah has been for our contemporary lives. I found my personal discipleship strengthened in this difficult time by studying these texts in my small group and by prayerfully applying them to my own life. Last week, Deacon Eduardo helped us apply Jeremiah's warning to the unpliable hearts of God's people, that if they did not relinquish their sinful lumps and repent— and allow themselves to be remade as a potter remakes his clay vessel, they would be punished by being set into exile in Babylon. Well, if you didn't read the last 11 chapters of Jeremiah, spoiler alert, we learned that God's people listened to the false prophets who told them what they wanted to hear, not what they needed to hear. They did not repent, and the punishment came just as God promised. The Babylonian army swept in and conquered Jerusalem and took the people out of God's city. Today's reading is the copy of a letter that Jeremiah wrote from God to the Israelites, who had been captured and forced to live in that Babylonian exile. Would you please grab your Bibles and turn to Jeremiah 29 right now? Because we're going to explore what enduring value that this ancient letter has for us today. Now, like the potter image, Jeremiah reveals something profound about the personality of God in this letter. Our creator is a cultivator. See, God is always working for the redemption and restoration of his creation. And he invites us to participate in that work. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, especially these days, I am longing for the city of God. We long to be at rest in the place where God dwells. But we are invited to do more than just wait for it. God calls us to be cultivators. God calls us to seek the long-term peace of the people and places even where we'd rather not be. Our exile from God's city is an opportunity to actively contend for God's purposes. We, as the church, are invited to begin now the work of making our city more like God's city. A teeming Garden City. Let's talk about this city of God for a few minutes. The one that's described in verses 12 through 14. This city for which we are waiting and working. This teeming garden city. Jeremiah has God tell us, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. 
I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the places from which I carried you into exile. Did you pick up those details? See, ultimately, the city of God is a place where we commune with God, a place where we are known, where he listens to us and fills us with hope. It's a place where we find God and the freedom that comes from his presence. It's a place where people who have been gathered from the nations are at last at peace with one another. This is why we captioned this image as a teeming garden city. The word teeming means to be full of, to be brimming with and overflowing with, to be abounding in, as in every garden is teeming with wildlife. Now, I I don't know a lot about gardening, but when I think about it, producing a teeming garden is actually really easy. I mean, just look behind my garage. There's a pile of yard waste and a fallow garden box, and they're both teeming with foliage. There is so much stuff growing back there, and it has taken absolutely no effort on my part. It's amazing. I mean, just look at this. Have you ever thought about how much easier gardening would be? How much easier our lives would be if we could somehow convince ourselves that weeds were beautiful? Without any effort on our part, we could be surrounded by this kind of growth. But we all know weeds are ugly even if they have sun-yellow centers that briefly look like flowers, weeds are ugly. They are invasive, spreading rapidly out of control, and ultimately destructive, choking out the very life of the plants that they surround. And weeds illustrate how sin operates in the gardens of our lives and societies. I I keep thinking about that line in Hamlet when the Prince of Denmark laments the state of his homeland as an unweeded garden that has grown to seed. That things rank and gross in nature possess it merely. Societies are as corrupt, as rank and gross as the people who inhabit them. Perpetually, our lives and therefore our cities become like unweeded gardens as a result of the rapid and invasive weeds of sin that corrupt our hearts. Consider the rank and gross sin of racial and ethnic division that is teeming in so many cities right now. Like so many sins, racism is a sin rooted not in our identity as image of God bearers, but in our rank attitudes of arrogance and pride, in the gross features of skin color and social standing or political affiliation. How quickly and invasively ugly ideas of ethnocentrism or supremacy can spread, growing to literally choke out the beautiful lives with which God has populated the garden cities of this world. Like the Israelites, we are essentially exiles, living in a land that feels so distant from the city of God. Living right now can feel so overwhelming. 
we were made to be citizens of heaven, the city of God with unhindered access to God our Father, completely saturated by his presence and untainted by sin, just like Adam and Eve experienced in the Garden of Eden. But that is clearly not where and how we now live. Now, fortunately, God has already initiated a plan of redemption intended to restore all things to himself through the person and work of the master gardener, Jesus. When you recognize Jesus as the Son of God, who has already done everything necessary to restore your relationship with Creator God, and when you repent of your sin and receive God's forgiveness in Christ, you become a citizen of the city of God. And the people of God are called to participate in God's work, to make our cities more like the city of God. We cannot just wait for it. We are called to participate, and we must not throw away our shot. So, how can we begin to build now this teeming city of people that looks in more like the city of God? It is the character of our merciful God, our Heavenly Father, that even punishment is repurposed to produce life. God ultimately blesses his exiled people by commanding them to flourish, to promote the peace and prosperity of the people they live with and the places they live in. Remember, God's people knew that their exile was temporary. They just didn't know how long it would be. Now, one approach to living as a stranger in a strange land is to remain aloof and detached, to treat it like a stay in an Airbnb. You're simply not going to scrub out that stain in the carpet you found when you walked in or repaint the walls because you don't like the color because that's just a temporary stay. Well, this is exactly what the false prophets of Jeremiah's day were encouraging the people to do. They had false promises of a quick emancipation, and they encouraged the people to remain aloof and detached from their communities and culture. But in Jeremiah's letter, God actually invites his people to invest significantly in the communities of this world. We are not called to be aloof and detached, to be so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good. We're actually invited to put down roots and participate in the work of culture building that promotes flourishing for God's people and all people. That is the work of the church. Just look at verses 5 through 7. Build houses and settle down, God instructs us. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. 
Did you notice those instructions in verse 7? We are invited to seek. That means to actively participate in, in the working for and toward the peace and prosperity of the city. Prosperity here is not merely material wealth. What Jeremiah is conveying is is the full welfare of the city, the, the cultural and emotional and psychological and moral as well as spiritual flourishing and well-being of the people of the city. So how do we do that? How do we as the church participate and uh, follow Jeremiah's advice? Well, we build houses and we settle down. We plant gardens and we eat. We marry and we celebrate marriages. In other words, we participate fully in the life of the communities into which we are sent. As realtors know, location matters. Proximity to the people God cares about is significant. So Jeremiah first invites us to settle down intentionally in communities. To what place or people has God carried you? Whom are you called to serve in your home? in your neighborhood, in your city, in our country? How will you serve them? Even now, with fluctuating guidelines about gathering, we can serve our communities by prayer walking. A number of resources for prayer walking have been included in recent City of Life newsletters and are always available on our church website. Another way to cultivate communities by building houses and settling down is through hospitality. I've been so encouraged to hear about households inviting others to socially distanced taco nights or backyard fire pit chats. There are some households who have even made the bold step to put down roots here in Aurora. Though that's not always the call and possibility for everyone, the point here is that intentionally structuring our households by location and mission is one way we can cultivate a teeming garden city that looks like God's city. Now, Jeremiah also mentions planting gardens, both literally and figuratively, as another way to cultivate a teeming garden city, one that contributes to the prosperity or well-being of our communities. We know how important it is for us to have literal green spaces in our urban areas and around and within our homes. Well, it is equally important that we are intentional about the life-giving possibilities of our work, the, the paid and unpaid labor that occupies much of our days. Healthcare workers, teachers and students, logistic managers and bus drivers, engineers and stay-at-home parents, helpful siblings and refugee counselors, realtors, subcontractors, and food service employees, and even pastors. The work that we do matters. Has the enormity of our current crisis, the global pandemic, pervasive racism, increasing political hostility, has it left you feeling small, feeling futile? I want you to know this. 
your work matters. It is the physical how of the metaphysical what that God is already doing to make our cities more and more like his city. I invite you to consider how you can join your work to God's work through prayer. When we do our work, whatever it is, rooted in prayer, which means just intentionally submitting our work and motives to God and taking time to listen for and obey his direction, we have the opportunity to bring the fruit of peace and well-being to our cities. We participate in God's work to produce communities teeming with life. And finally, we have Jeremiah's instructions in verse 6. Now, keep in mind that this isn't only about literal marriages. Those, those are a wonderful way to bring God's redemptive work into our communities. But Jeremiah is using marriage as one type of all the various kinds of culture and community building efforts that bring forth life. And this emphasis in Jeremiah's letter helps us notice a very important element in God's instruction. That we are instructed to work and... Notice, we are instructed to rest, feast, and celebrate in addition to all of the work. God's people would have recognized this imagery as a reminder to Sabbath. By Sabbath, I mean that practice of engaging in intentional resting, feasting, and celebrating that we do now on this earth, which reminds us of and prepares us for coming new heavens and new earth. Sabbath is essential because it reminds us that though our work does matter, ultimately God is the one transforming our broken cities into teeming garden cities. Sometimes he does it with us and through us. Now we have a number of resources available on our church website to help you if you want to begin practicing Sabbath in your household. You can just go to our church website for some of those resources. In the 17th century, there was a, a monk named Brother Lawrence. He's perhaps best known for his book, The Practice of the Presence of God. Now, when I hear the word monk, I think of someone devoted to the somber weight of intercessory prayer and serious study. But Brother Lawrence was essentially a short order cook in his monastery. This humble man spent his days chopping vegetables for the stews that fed his brothers. Now, he could have been resentful. He could have felt futile or fruitless since he wasn't doing really important work. But have you ever tried to study or pray on an empty stomach? See, his work, menial as it seemed, provided essential nourishment for his brothers. He strengthened their physical bodies so that they could study and pray. What lives were spared? What oppressed peoples freed? What pandemics or wars prevented? What corrupt governments were brought to their knees by the prayers of monks, fueled by the veggies in Brother Lawrence's robust stew? We may never know. And that's okay because the benefit of our labors is not always immediate. It's not always obvious. And it's not always even primarily for ourselves. As Lin-Manuel Miranda claimed, 
Legacy is planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. City of Light, our name is prophetic. A reminder that we are not called to just wait for it. We are called and equipped to get our hands dirty, weeding out sins of selfishness, arrogance, racism, hostility, immorality, and futility. We are called to bless our cities by working in ways that increase the peace and well-being of the communities we inhabit. We do it from a place of rest and Sabbath and emotionally healthy discipleship. We build, settle, plant, eat, and celebrate so that our cities, Aurora, Batavia, Wheaton, Chicago, Elmhurst, Sugar Grove, that our cities can look and feel more like God's teeming garden city. Let's pray. Almighty God, you have planted us where we are and called us to our work according to your good plans and infinite wisdom. Grant us grace to seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which you have called us with steadfast hands and sincere hearts. And fill us with hope for the good future that you have promised through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks for listening to this podcast from City of Light Anglican Church. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at cityoflightanglican.org. And now, may the light of Jesus scatter the darkness from before your path.